That's Houston Stride. You boys want to make this team play for Houston, you're going to have to learn it. We uh, pride ourselves on uh, being a power team. That's right. We're power, we're mean. Now, that doesn't mean to say we like to have you hanging back there on a the rail in a fist fight, just standing there fighting somebody in section A when you're supposed to be in section B. I'm coming up to score and you ain't in the section you're supposed to be in. Don't do us no good. Right. Who's the uh, two new catches here? All right, uh, yeah, ball. Don't, uh, stick your, uh, hand in that gutter too quick. Wait till this ball comes down on the track. Don't get too anxious. That thing will take your arm right off. Now, the bikers. A biker might sacrifice a little three-minute penalty, uh, run over the top of a skater. Uh -huh. Woo! He feels that he's skating a little too good that day. So we have a few methods here in uh, Houston. There's hundreds. One, of course, is to use this shield here. Use your pads. Use what you got. Drive that arm in there. Keep your feet forward. Hit and move. You get away from the wreck. Always keep your feet here. Don't come across in here. You get all twisted. That's that. Or if a biker's sitting up nice and high, a lot of guys like to ride high, drag one off him in there. I hurt you, Blue. I wouldn't hurt him for the world. Now, uh, third method, kind of one that was perfected by a little friend of mine, the swoop. Swoop, that's me. Hang up on the rail, use all the speed of the track, come down and drop kick a biker. Say, excuse me, you're, uh, you're not paying a whole lot of attention, are you? Hey, what's this dude's name? That's our new speedball from Manila. Yeah, you know. You know, that's Tuffy. Come on up, Tuff. Oh, he's a big honker. <laughs> <laughs> Say, why don't uh, you do me and the boys a favor? I mean, since you know everything there is uh, to know, uh, we'd sure appreciate it. Why don't you give us a little demonstration, show us how you made that big rep down there. Just skate around and uh, take me out, huh? Go get him, Tuffy. Now, eyes. Use them. Don't lock your eyes in any one spot. This game isn't all in the muscle. Use your head. Lock your eyes on the target and keep... <laughs> Ears. Now, they're real important, too. <laughs>
is an honor and a pleasure to be broadcasting to you this evening with a crowd pushing 50,000 in this beautiful desert city on the shores of the blue, blue... Geez, this outfit's got a lot of money. What is that? I'd say it's a good time in a can. Welcome to an on-site episode of Split the Difference here at StellarCon 2021. I'm your host, Jesse. Today, I have with me... Seth. And... Nick Wolf. And today, we are talking about Rollerball, the original film from 1975, directed by uh, Norman Jewison. I think that's how you pronounce his name? <laughs> Versus the 2002 remake directed by John McTiernan. So, I had heard of Rollerball. I think there was a game that came out as well. I think I played that way back in the day. I'd seen the ending of the movie, but I had no context for it, so I didn't know what I was getting into. <laughs> and I genuinely really like the original film. Really, really like this original film. What do you, th- what'd you guys think, Nick? Yeah, I, I first time I heard about the movie, either one, but watching it like just this week is like, hey, it was a little, fu- it was fun. I, I like the. Rollerball sport of it all. Uh, I really enjoyed seeing James Kahn. Like he, that's just the mm. guy who can just like speak so quietly but carry so much weight with everything he says. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. What did you think, Seth? I had a good time with it. Um, I have my issues with it. That's fair. Um, it's not a perfect movie. No, I, I had a great time. I think I had the best time going back over the critical reviews of it, though, <laughs> because. Basically, any negative take was like, oh, this is unrealistic. Corporations taking over the world. <laughs> oh, sure, it's unrealistic. Yeah. And here we are in 2021. And yeah. Uh-huh. Molar ball seems inevitable. Yeah. It is funny how they mentioned the corporate wars. And I'm just like, didn't we also have one of those? <laughs> Aren't we in one of those right now? <laughs> We're kind of in one of those. Disney's buying everything. Yeah. The general premise is James Conn's character, Jonathan E., never even says what his actual last name is, just E., Basically, he is the best player in the sport of rollerball. Essentially, you're in a giant roulette wheel, and a ball shoots out around it, and a catcher catches it, and your job is to go around the arena one time and throw the ball into a pit and to score a point for your team. The twist is you have people trying to beat the crap out of you and even kill you on your way to getting to the pit. So the whole, in, the entirety of the sport is they're trying to make the viewership go up by making it more violent. It's like American football, <laughs> basically, <laughs> or hockey, letting the fights just break out and just saying the hell with it. It's right. fun. So the actual film itself, it looks great. 
the, the the director of cinematography was Douglas Slocum, who did the first three Indiana Jones movies. Yeah. So this, I really like the look of this. Like, did it surprise any of you how active and how action oriented the camera was in the first 20 minutes of this movie? Oh. <laughs> and, and the the amount that it would just like linger on people too, mm -hmm. like the, it wasn't quick editing. It was like, no, this is a world that we're showing you. Yeah, I, I enjoyed that aspect for sure. Yeah, what about you? Uh, Nick? We, we made a yeah, we made a made up sport, but we're gonna show you how it feels to play in the sport. Right. Yeah. yeah. How it really feels. It's clearly painful, and I believe uh, the interview with the director uh, Norman Jewison said. We want to make a film about violence that does not celebrate violence. Yeah. Because you don't see, like, a lot of the really massive trauma. A lot of it is implied off screen, or you're seeing the aftermath of it. So it's really brutal and really graphic, but you're, it's kind of like Pulp Fiction or Reservoir Dogs where you're not seeing a lot of the violence. Yeah. It's mostly implied, which makes it way more graphic. Yeah. Yeah. The fact that the movie kind of forces you to imagine being run over by a motorcycle. Oh. <laughs> it cuts away just before it happens, yes. but in your head you go, oh. <laughs> <laughs> it's brutal. It's very brutal. And the, they're try the people that run the rollerball game, they're trying to force Jonathan to quit because something that's in the movie is the idea of the individual versus the collective. Yeah. The sort of self-made man that everyone looks up to as like this great symbol of aspiration but corporations don't like that mm -hmm. because it basically implies oh anyone could do this like anyone could you know if somebody follows behind this individual it could really damage our corporate enterprise it's I don't know if it totally works I don't know if it completely works because we have people like that in every sport like we have like these major players that everyone knows like I don't know. Pick a sport you, like Michael Jordan, LeBron James, yeah. Wayne Gretzky. <laughs> like there's all these people that people rally behind. Like they're really good at what they do. Yeah. I don't know if the idea of putting politics in this movie necessarily works, but it's a nice try. Yeah. It it worked for me. Um, I I think the especially in the middle of the movie when. Um, Jonathan goes off to the to the corporate party, mm -hmm. and he's talking to corporate evil man yeah and the the rest of them go outside to literally burn trees yeah. <laughs> and i was like oh yeah i know who writers who use subtext and they're all cowards yeah. and it's it i i got i got uh it reminded me a bit of uh you ever got you guys ever seen the film any given sunday by oliver stone oh yeah yeah, they would intercut uh, in order to in further the impact of the edit. They would cut in like images of like storm fronts, like in the middle of a person's argument. So that way, it looks like that's how it feels. Yeah. It, it, visually, it makes no sense with the scene, but emotionally, it has more brutal impacts. Right. <laughs> like the intercut of Jonathan talking to the head of the corporation. And intercutting that with the trees being destroyed and just like the faster edits and the harder edits, it yeah. just the tension in the room continues to grow. It's just that very solid editing in this film. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Really good stuff. And yeah. And it's it's a really kind of grim, somewhat dour film. It's what's surprising is that it's about the sport of rollerball. They only play the game, what, three times? Uh, yeah. Yeah, there's a lot of people just kind of just sitting in rooms talking, but it's it's very fascinating to watch. Although I will say Jonathan himself is a little on the flat side. I, I, so 
I've never fully understood the phrase Johnny All America mm-hmm. until this movie. Oh, yeah. And I was like, oh, that he's playing Johnny All America. He's the guy that's pretty smart, really good at sports, gets this cavalcade of women running through his life <laughs> that I think the corporations send to him. Is that what they, I, they Yeah, they send they send him women because the person that's at the head of the corporation wanted his wife for himself. So instead, they try to supplement other women for him. Right. But he still wants the person that was his wife. And he's not totally opposed to that idea either, it yeah. seems. Not totally opposed to it, but he's still... It, it's not bringing him any joy to be with anybody else. Yeah. So it, what did you think of the Jonathan character, Nick? Uh well, you say he's a little flat, but I guess that really didn't bother me. I've always been a proponent that if you got great actors who know how to create a character with just a look yeah. or something like that, it kind of forgives a lot of stuff. And sure. I just felt that all the way with James Caan. Just, like, he's reacting, yeah, but like he kind of his arc is flat, but it's not really him that has to change. It's him that has to... Change show things. some time, yeah, yeah, yeah. Enforce some kind of change on the world by right. not bowing, not kowtowing to the corporations. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Another thing I want to talk about was the music. What do you guys think of the use of the uh, <laughs> the Phantom of the Opera music? What do you think? So I'm I'm a sucker for classical music over action. Yes, the so scene am I. In, in Mad Max Fury Road when they go into the uh, into the sandstorm mm-hmm. and it's playing uh, Valhalla, Enter the Valkyrie. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Killer. So when the movie yes. opens on that, like this classical composure with this violent sport, I was like, "Oh, I know what this movie's gonna be now." Yep. <laughs> Never yep. seen it before. This my first watch for both of them. Mm-hmm. I knew. Yeah, it, it's, it's. I, I wish there was a lot to, more to talk about, but it really is kind of a very streamlined film. Yeah. It's very efficiently made. Looks great. If there's anything I'd say is like a big negative, it's that the Jonathan character is a bit on the. A little on the flat side for me. Yeah. And what was your main issue with the set, with, with the film, Seth? Ending on a freeze frame. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. A blurry fuck. Like yeah. Like they they couldn't even cut it like out of the motion. It was like mid motion, like yeah. blurry James Con freeze frame. And I was like, you can't show me like people in the stands erupting into yeah. you know a riot or. Okay, well, I guess that's how we're ending I, the movie. I agree. The bad freeze frame is a, is a terrible way to end your movie. It doesn't look good. Yeah, I, I would agree. What was the other big negative you had there, Seth? Um, so, I, I think if I if I had to like measure what the movie was saying versus its presentation, yeah, um, it, it's saying a lot, and it's a lot of stuff that I like in you know a futuristic world with. Um, you know, capitalism at the top, and it's a system that needs to be broken through this violent sport. And like, it, it's saying a lot of really cool things. There's no humor to it at all. Yeah, it's not satire. Yeah, it's literalism. Yeah, and I think a satirical take would have or, helped or, it. Yeah, at least a, a, an injection of satirism would have helped it be like, yeah, hey. This is a joke, right? Like you understand. <laughs> yeah, the problem. We don't is, want this to happen. The problem is, you look at the world now. It happens. The bad guys won. Yeah, yeah. But, that's, and that was a big part of um, '70s films. Was like the br- Death Race 2000 that yeah. came out a couple years prior. The brutalism of the like that's presented 
we are laughing at it because it's kind of funny now, but like it's pre- it was presented seriously. Yeah. Um, I, 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 that little bit of dissonance, I think, was the only thing that threw me. Plot-wise, I'm on board for the whole plot, um, the, the execution, all the way up through like Jonathan being the last man standing against the other mm-hmm. two. Yeah. And I, it's the 70s. I don't know how this movie's going to end. Sometimes they just <laughs> kill the hero. Yeah, yeah. I it's, had no idea. It so. was a dark time. It's it's very much a response to things like Vietnam. Yeah. You yeah. have, like, just violence is on television all the time, and you have, like, the war is, like... People are going for viewership numbers now. It's yeah. like, well, like the irony of I fought in Vietnam to come home and die in like a drugstore shootout or something. Yeah, it's like that kind yeah. of feeling. I fought for that. Yeah, like yeah. Nick, what about you? What were some negatives you had with the film? Uh, yeah, uh, like you said, it's it's n- there's no humor. It's a very dry movie. Yeah, uh, I'm already not the biggest fan of that kind of this kind of dystopian movie because I kind of get what they're saying. I'm. It's like I've heard it before. It's but very obvious. Yeah. Yeah. It's very much inspired by um, uh, 1984, Brave New World. Like, yep. they, like, they're giving out, they have those little packets of drugs that they have, and they're passing them around. Like, clearly inspired by Aldous Huxley's Brave New World. The yeah. People are numbing themselves with drugs and sex in order to not think about the fact that the corporation is fucking them over every mm-hmm. day. Like, it's, and they also have, like, this television program, which is basically, it's sort of like, um, Making them hungry for violence. Yeah. It's mm. they're manipulating the populace to keep to keep themselves in power. Like, oh, can I talk about those TV set designs for a minute? Oh <laughs> yeah, the the telescreens, <laughs> the the multi-screen, one big one, three on top. I love that. That was like the the '70s mindset of like people will get more TVs when now it's like now we're just putting more things into one screen. Oh jeez. I love the '70s interpretation of a Zoom call near yeah. the very end. Oh yeah. <laughs> Oh god! Yeah. yeah. Also, we say that it's a very dry movie. The one bit that I thought was maybe satire was at the very beginning when, like, Jonathan E is having dinner with his like coach uh, Cletus. Cleet? Cletus. Yeah. 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 Like, he, and Cletus talking about. Oh, I remember when I was younger, my parents would talk about when there were other sports like the Super Bowl or the World Cup. That's <laughs> <And> like. <laughs> Those sports are gone now. <laughs> yeah. The distant past where those went away for rollerball. Yeah. Oh, can I talk about one thing that was that really kind of bothered me? Sure. So you remember when Cletus gets that woman at the at the corporate party and they go upstairs and they clearly have sex? Yeah. You then see her down on the patio outside, not watching the the, the clip highlight reel of John's kills in the ring. Um, she's like out on the balcony, like crying. And I'm like, did Cletus rape her? <laughs> yeah, I. It's very implied. I, yeah, I don't know. I. I don't know. That was just one thing. I was like, it never followed up on. It's never examined at all. It just kind of is there. It, it's one of those things where like I didn't live through the '70s. Yeah. I don't have the lens to watch things from the '70s in the mindset that they might be thinking it would be presented. So I don't know if like. Was that a just thing that was people are aware of at the time that was yeah. just thrown into the movie that is weird now? It just didn't age well. I, th- there I, were a few decisions within the movie. Um, the the scene where they have the the Japanese coach come in to teach them. Oh Hakuna, yeah, and and Moon Pie just goes hard in the paint in like not quite racism, but like leaning uh, in that <laughs> direction. It was 75. I got to let a little bit slide. Right. Um, th- th- it was that kind of stuff that, like, 
I'm sure in the 70s that scene would have played differently than it yeah. does now where I'm like, yeah, so maybe just shut up and listen to the guy that's saving your life. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, there's the there's that scene, and then later the actual uh, rollerball match in Japan, where the Japanese team is all in yellow outfits. It's like yeah. and they execute Moonpie. <laughs> Just two guys on either side. Just blam! Right through the back of the head. Ugh. But th- and then that turns into the weird existential side of the movie. The I, I the line that stuck out to me was when James Khan went to visit. Moon Pie in the hospital yeah. before the last game, and he says something along the lines of, you're a god now, or like maybe you're a god now, yeah. because he's separated off from this corporate world that yeah. he's, uh, he's, a, he's escaped from. into his own mind. Mm-hmm. That That's a deep line for a <laughs> violent action movie. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, the original, we all agree, is good. Um, it's not perfect, it's got issues, but would you watch it again, Seth? Uh, yeah, I, I would watch it again. Yeah, what about you, Nick? Uh, at two hours long, it's a it runs a little bit more for me. Like we didn't yeah. even talk about the computer scene. Oh yeah, the computer scene that's supposed that's supposed to know everything and forgot about the 13th century. <laughs> because that deletes Dante's Inferno. Yeah, Dante's Inferno, which is basically what the character is going through, and Dante's Inferno is shaped like a circle. Yep. The ring of rollerball is shaped like a circle. Metaphors. It, it's funny that a, a movie with the title Rollerball, which explains mm-hmm. everything you need to know, has all these like extra things added into it underneath yeah. that like add to, uh, I guess, because it, it could be presented straightforward yeah. as just a sport about money that people need to escape from. We'll talk about the remake in a second. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it, it could have been just, oh, it's just a sports movie, yeah. you know, a fake sports movie. But they went a little deeper. They put in some effort. You know, it's, it's a good script. It's got some issues, character problems. But visually, it looks great. Mm-hmm. Action-wise, it's good. It's a little long, but it's fine. So, original is good. Um, so let's talk about the remake, guys. All right, real quick. So before, yeah. <laughs> before I watched the remake, I made a list of... Elements I thought were going to be in the remake, and yep. then I wanted to see how I measure up, so I'm going to read it off now. Read them off. Uh, neon color scheme, okay. limp biz kit, little to no social commentary, love triangle, <laughs> rival on opposing team, dated racism, dated homophobia, a message about how teamwork is important, slash the love of the game, characters remembering sports before rollerball. Do you want to know what was not on that list? What? A uh, nighttime action scene shot entirely <laughs> in night vision. <laughs> um, okay, so I want to make this. I want to make this clear. The remake, directed by John McTiernan, directed director of Die Hard and Predator. This film has a three percent on Rotten Tomatoes, and it totally earned it. Yeah. <laughs> what were you gonna say, Seth? Was it done to save budget? Did they run I don't know. Money? $70 million. $70 million. The first John Wick cost $35 million. So, Like, what? What? How? I, I'm going to sit on the outs right now. I had a really good time with it. <laughs> Jesus Christ. No. In, in, no. That, in that it's a very, very bad movie. Oh, it's so it's bad. very fun. <laughs> What when, the hell is your definition of fun? When, when it got to that night vision scene, I was like, oh, this is a stylistic choice. I guess we'll cut to like regular footage 
we're going to cut to regular footage eventually. <laughs> Please tell me we're cutting to... <laughs> no, oh, Jesus It Christ. is 15 minutes of night vision footage of fucking Chris Klein, who I hate with a passion, and LL Cool J trying to get across the border into another country, and it's horrible. I, I, when Chris Klein first showed up uh, in the movie, I thought... Oh, the with the accent he's going with, I was like, oh, so this is the answer to what if Keanu Reeves were unlikable? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, they were trying to make Chris Klein a thing for the longest time. Stop trying to make Chris Chris Klein a thing. He's not going to be. A what thing. you didn't like him in Street Fighter: The Legend of Chun Li? <laughs> oh, you didn't like him in American Pie? Yeah, God, I <laughs> hate this guy so much. I don't. I don't think you're doing that scene justice. Because it wasn't just that it's a 15-minute night vision scene. Yeah. It was a 15-minute night vision scene shot in, like, 340p. It is grainy as shit. And the rest of the movie is film. Yeah. It stands out hard. I don't... I I do not know why they did this. Like, even even the, the action cutaways of a Jeep rolling down a hill, they were like, oh, yeah, let's shoot that in night vision, too. Why? Oh my god, it's got to be like the because apparently there was massive conflicts with John McTiernan and the producers on this movie about how they were going to make the movie, film it, and I think maybe McTiernan may have like quit or just didn't show up or something like that. I don't know what happened. All I know is that this is the film and where uh John McTiernan was apparently wiretapping Charles Roven, the producer. For those who don't know, John McTiernan went to prison. <laughs> He recently got out. Uh, he was wiretapping Charles Robin and also his ex-wife, I think, and trying to figure out, like, secrets or something like that. He thought that the producers were trying to fuck him over. And um, he got busted uh, after his next film, which was Basic in 2005. That was his last movie, and it's still the last movie he's ever done. Yeah. He's in massive debt now. And uh, he served time in prison. Um, yeah. Uh, I think maybe he'd just kind of given up. Because it was supposed to be, he wanted to make a film that was more in line with the original film, and they just wanted to make a dated sports action film. It's what's really awful is that I can kind of see the movie. I, I think I can see the movie John McTiernan was trying to make because yeah. there's lines like, there's these bits where Jonathan is trying to rehydrate on the court. It's like, oh, drink it from again. Show the label to the camera. Yeah. Yeah. Or yeah. when they're explaining the rules of rollerball, and then there's one guy's like, yes, the rules are so simple. Just as simple as wearing a lifestyle condom before yeah. having sex. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> there's, there's tons of good ideas. And yeah. I, I can see the, the shift that they were aiming yeah. for. There I, is something buried in this mess. Uh, absolutely. However, the presentation being like I can, I can see the boardroom meeting where some old fart with a stogie is just like, the MTV generation, let's yep. get the hell out of it. it Put is, a bunch of commercials in there. That's what the kids want. It is filmed like an MTV music video. They changed the design of the course. It's no longer a circle. Now it's a figure eight. So it's immensely confusing. The action it's like diving I, that was weird. Like, you have to get up on the diving board and then jump off of it and throw it while you're in midair. Like, you guys have made this immensely complicated. It was so simple the last time. Like, the circle is a metaphor. Yeah. The figure eight means n nothing. Like, unless, it's... Unless, I would have forgiven the figure eight if it were, like, more snake-themed, so it's like an Ouroboros. Sure. Yeah, if it was like or, or that. If it, if it, like, overpassed itself... 
You know what I mean? A, a yeah, it goes that, up and around and back down to itself. Like, yeah. uh, what, what are those things called? An Escher, an Escher painting? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. if it looked like that, that would it make like more... Like a go-kart track, basically. Like a go-kart track. It would make more sense, but as I'm looking at it, I'm just like... Visually, the film is chopped to hell. The editing is... This is possibly one of the worst edited films I've ever watched. <laughs> Which is shocking, because it's editor, um, something right... Uh, uh, Academy Award nominated mm. editor. Adam, is it Adam Wright? No, I, I think it's John Wright. Yeah, John Wright. I'm going to confirm that right now. I know it's Wright. Um, W-R-I-G-H-T. Uh, John Wright and John Robert Wright. K. Lambert. Yeah, these are Academy Award winning editors. Which And the dubbing. Did you guys <laughs> Oh, my <laughs> fucking God. Uh, oh, the dubbing. Oh, yeah. The dubbing is so bad. <laughs> Nothing matches. I remember. I remember during the night vision scene where the Russian military has come after them. It's like, oh, it's like they brought the whole Russian army. Uh -huh. A bunch of F words. Were yeah, this out. was clearly shot for an R, edited down to a PG-13. You can John Renault says fuck at one point and it gets edited out. Yep. And it, if they don't use another <laughs> shot, you clearly just see his mouth say fuck, but they don't use it. The the best one is when they're in the club. <laughs> And they dub LL Cool J off screen with a white guy's voice to start the line. Oh, and then it no. turns into LL Cool J once he's in shot. Oh. I was like, is this, this is real? God, it's so bad. This is why it was fun for me, though, because as I'm seeing that stuff, I'm like. You're watching a train wreck happen in front of you. Yep. It's, yeah, it's bad. And they, they, they move it to like an Eastern European nation because hey, they got tax breaks to film there. Kazakhstan, yeah. Kazakhstan, <laughs> yeah. They, it's, but it's so weird. Like they changed the sport to being like, it's is it an underground sport now? Yeah, good. It's question. never clear. Because um, <laughs> apparently the NFL and the and the NHL are still going. Right. Well, but then that means that rollerball isn't that popular. Well, so I, from what I gathered, it's very popular overseas. And they're trying to get the American audience in because that gives them reputation. So that's why they have the American um, MC. That's why they bring in okay. Delo Cool J and uh, Chris Klein. That that's their reason for bringing the American. This in. none of this is very clear within the narrative. No. <laughs> and so then later, when um, the uh, John Renault's uh, pulling the gun on the guy who put his who put the show on like the hundreds of channels instead yeah. of down in the top five. Yeah. That, so I think. The point that they were going for was they're trying to get into the American, like, mainstream cable market like MTV. Okay. Mm-hmm. That's all. I, just, <laughs> I can't help you from I, there. Oh, my God. I'm just, I, I really struggled to finish this one. I had to stop midway through because I'm like, I can't do this. I, I really had a hard time finishing this one. I know you had a good time. Nick, what was your first impression going into the first scene where they're, what is it? What is that called? Their escape? Oh, uh, was it luge? Luge boarding, where yeah, you're basically it's like a skate, it's like luge down a, a street on a giant skateboard, yeah. yeah, in the middle of like San Francisco. So uh, incoming deep cut, that first opening scene, which I am convinced was a reshoot because he mentions that Jonathan mentions that oh I'm gonna be playing for the NHL any time now, and then it cuts through the rollerball. It's like a star athlete from the NHL is like, when did that happen? There was a whole yeah, like apparently we missed a whole bunch of stuff. <laughs> but yeah, uh, watching that first scene with the music choices and the camera cutting, I just wrote, I wrote down, this is, this is so obnoxious. It's making me miss moto surfing from Surf Ninjas. <laughs> <laughs> they probably did that because the movie is only ninety minutes. It's a half hour shorter. 
They probably shot that because, oh, the movie's too short. Yeah. We got to add something. Got to open on an action sequence. Yeah, even though if you cut that entire action sequence out of the movie, it doesn't affect the movie. I, I would it argue, changes literally nothing. I would argue that his entrance in the rollerball shots four months four months later is a better first appearance on film yes! than the opening of the movie. Yes! Which is like, he's in the back of a van and they're like, uh, it's $250, you still want it or not? And his first line's like, yeah, I still want it. Well, also, like, the entire opening where he's going down the street and the cops are after him and then LL Cool just pulls up in a Porsche, <laughs> picks him up. Apparently he knew where he was going to be the entirety of the day, even though this is an underground racing thing that he's doing. He just happened to be there. Yeah. And just says, hey, Join me in rollerball. Like, what? What? You couldn't call him? <laughs> is this the call to action? Well, oh, Jesus Christ. Like, oh, my God. The, the script is bad. The editing's terrible. Okay, can we talk about, like, the graphics and the visual effects of this movie? Sure. Yeah. Which ones? Just, just, what the fuck? It just, oh, God. Like, like, simple things. Like, they would... This film fetishizes the violence. Oh, yeah. yeah. This is the exact opposite of what the original is. This is basically like, oh, yeah, we love the violence. Let's show it. And that, I think, is the problem that Johnny Turner was trying to not show it. Yeah. And the studio was like, no, show it. It's the opposite message of the original film. And it looks terrible because there's so many points where people are supposed to be getting hit, but it doesn't look like they actually connect yeah. because the editing is bad. <laughs> Or when the guy gets run over by the motorcycle, he's clearly wearing a pad. You can see it. Like, simple things <laughs> that I, a, a skilled director like John McTiernan knows, oh, don't do that, but he was forced to do it by a studio executive. Yeah. I, one bit I'm, I have to believe was a John McTiernan bit is in, like, the first rollerball scene where the one guy, I think his name was Toto, like, his helmet gets ripped off and he gets knocked out. Yeah. But the... The broadcast only shows the shows it like a sports blooper. It's like, oh, guys, we're not wearing his helmet. Up, oh, that's the brakes. Yeah, and th the first kill that happens on the track it was Toto with his helmet cut. Like, like, oh yeah, the cameras picked him up. He was off on his own the entire time, so he was set up. Like, there's a whole fucking audience watching you in the stands. Like, you didn't think that that was the case, right? Like, how did you just now tell? I I want to be sensitive to this, but. I felt like the movie was trying to tell me that Togo was maybe a little, like, mentally disabled. Yeah, they kind of yeah. lean in that a little bit. And, and to make him the kill that, like, sets off the events of the movie. It's bad taste. It, 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 there's probably not a term for it, but it felt like fridging to me. It, yeah, it it's like... like a version of fridging. Yeah, I felt like that. It's... This movie's not good. <laughs> and Rebecca Romaine Stamos, she was still married to John <laughs> Stamos at the time, she's really trying to do that, that Eastern European accent... Not really doing it very well. Oh, it's bad. And she's like, she's all terrified that her face is all kind of messed up. And she's like, oh, my face is terrible. Like, you have one little scar. Like, that's not that bad. Chris Klein, Chris Klein is like, oh, you put on such a good, good game. But whenever you're in public, you always turn to your left side to people. It just made me think of Zoolander and how he can't turn left. <laughs> he can't turn left. <laughs> <laughs> Not an envy turner. <laughs> oh no! Oh god! I. Is there anything redeeming in this entire movie? Man. I would say no. Dig I, deep. Yeah, I'm trying. I'm. I'm <laughs> on almost every level, the movie feels like it fails. Yeah. I pointed out the bits I like, but the movie is just so aggressively obnoxious. Yes. Oh, God. The, the, 
Limp Biscuit music, Rob oh. Zombie. Oh, yeah. That's the best part. Slipknot's in the middle of the movie. Slipknot <laughs> is in the middle of the movie, playing in the middle of the track. Oh, yeah. That, isn't that so fucking cool? You want to date your movie? <laughs> this came out in 2002, which was when the first Resident Evil, I believe, came out, and yeah. Slipknot music plays in that as well. <laughs> I don't know who their manager was at the time, but they were in a lot of stuff uh, yeah. in the early 2000s as far as movies go. Their yeah. manager was like, we're going to make you guys a thing, I promise. It's, uh, I, yeah, it's not good. It's. And also, another thing is that you said that original film, you hate the fact that it ends on a, on a freeze frame. How does this movie end? <laughs> Same fucking way. <laughs> it's a freeze frame of Chris Klein looking very confused. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, real quick, if you want a really good comparison of how polar opposite this is to the original, in the original, there is a five to ten minute scene of Jonathan being reunited with his wife but it's but it's all the setup to so where he realizes that like she's if basically there to convince him to leave yeah. the sport yeah and he and James Conn even says what are you just my trophy to win what happens at the end of the remake <laughs> she is the trophy to win yep. yep the woman in the movie is a literal trophy yeah Fuck this movie. <laughs> she even gets sidelined. At, oh, at my God. Too. She has, like, no personality in this movie. Nothing. Nothing. <sighs> it's it's bad. And there's very little, I'd say, is redeeming in this movie. This is probably the worst film we've covered on this show. Oh, uh, really? I mean, 47 Ronin was pretty bad, but... No, I'd watch that before I watched the remake of Rollerball. Eh, fair, fair. Um, but I really think this is the worst thing we've ever watched. I'd have to go back through. You're, you're definitely definitely top five. Yeah, definitely top, top five. But what about the Psycho remake? Or is that fun? There's an interesting trash. idea in yeah. that. Just for the, the artistic oddity that that is, I yeah. would revisit that yeah. one. I will. No, I won't even say that. I would get very drunk and watch Rollerball remake again. That's about it. Fair. Yeah, this is a good drunk watch if you want to shit talk it with your friends. But yes. this is basically the, the beginning of the decline for John McTiernan. There's not much redeeming in it. The editing's bad. The acting's bad. The script is bad. It's clearly it has a case of identity crisis the entire way through. It's yeah. it, it, you Just watch the original and be happy. I would show, still, I would show my friends that night vision scene just so I could tell them this was shot for a $70 million movie. <laughs> Did they just put a night vision lens on another camera? I have no or, idea. Was that just how bad night vision was in 2002? I think it was that bad. It was just, it was just that bad. I feel like I could have done the same scene with a GoPro and done better. Well, this is 2002. There were no GoPros. That's true. So, I, I, yeah. I think if there's one redeeming thing to the remake, it does have a style. Like the, it, It's style. an identifiable style. With yeah. MTV generation, it's... I mean, the Crank movies also have that style, but the Crank movies, there's actually something worthwhile in there. I'm not saying that I wouldn't, but I definitely would consider another Rollerball remake with the guys that did Crank. I can see it. I can see it. Uh, their version of Rollerball, that could be super fun. That'd be fun. Yeah, that'd be fun. Either that or go in the opposite direction and do, let A24 do it. <laughs> you know? True. Let's let David Lowry do, doing the Green Knight. Let's let him do it. <laughs> see what comes out the other side. Yeah, uh, Ari Aster's rollerball. Oh, God. <laughs> I I can't even imagine that. <laughs> I would watch it, though. That's that's what's fucked up. I would watch it. I, I Yeah, I, I know. But at the same time, there's... 
there's that part of me that's like, is he going to put in like some weird, twisted, fucked up incest stuff in that movie? Of course he will. Of course. Of course he will. That's how you show that the, the corporate guys are bad. Very true. Very true. <laughs> the old boy movie did that for us. There you go. Oh, yeah. <laughs> All right, so there's nothing else to talk about. The, the original is worth it. The remake, watch it if you're drunk. That's Seth's recommendation. I always say never watch it, but that's Seth's recommendation. I need about six months to cool down, though. Like, I need, a, <laughs> need about six months before I could ever think about it again. Fair, very fair. So the next episode we're going to talk about is The Invisible Man. This is one that I really want to get to. Yeah. The... The, the the original film versus, versus the the original black and white Invisible Man versus the most recent 2020 remake by Lee Wanell. Nice. Yeah. Yes, that was one of my favorite movies of the year that came out this last year. It was yeah. one of my favorite movies. Did you see it in theaters? I did see it in theaters. Ah, nice. It was Fuck. fantastic. I missed it in theaters. I had to do streaming. Oh, that sucks. That's a shame. They might do another showing at some point. We'll see. I'd go see it. Yeah. Well, thank you guys. Appreciate mm-hmm. it. We're here at StellarCon 2021. This was fun. This was a good time. We had to, you know, cut around some audio issues every now and again. But overall, I think this was a good episode. Good on-site episode. Yeah. 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 Hopefully, we'll do this again someday. Absolutely. And with that, good night. Mm-hmm.